podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Nat Coombe Show is brought to you in association with the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. The first chance to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of August, 2022, is through their pre-sale on Friday, the 19th of November. So visit collegefootballisland.com to sign up now for exclusive access. That's collegefootballisland.com. Head on over and sign up. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, our week eight review. I'm Mike back in the house. We'll get into Monday night football. Seeing as we're dropping this on a Tuesday, how about that? The Chiefs sneaking it past the Giants. Are they back in business though? What about Mike White? And indeed the weekend of the backup saluting Cooper Rush. Trevor Simeon as well. Take a bow. We'll get into all the big action from week eight. Plus we'll look at the Von Miller trade and plenty more besides. So let's get straight down to business with the fantastic Iron Mike Carson. How about this? In the week, in the Mike White week, Iron Mike is back and he's got a new mic. I mean, it's mics everywhere. It's mics everywhere. And, and I hope my audio quality is, is better than uh, better than usual with this because uh, it, it looks really nice. I look very kind of professional. You do, um, Mike. For, for, it, you know, things are looking up, kiddo. I, think I couldn't figure out how to hang it from the ceiling like you do. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick. And that's not really hanging from the ceiling. Uh, it's yeah. great to see you, man. We've got a lot to get into. Let's start with, with Monday Night Football because it's quite fun. We're recording this on a Tuesday. We normally tape on a Monday. So we get to look back on, on Monday Night Football. <laughs> I I mean, 22 penalties, 191 yards. That's entertainment. <laughs> well, the, the Chiefs had 12 of those. I know. Up to five, <laughs> up to fifth now in terms of uh, 56 penalties on the season. That ranks them the fifth worst transgressors there. And more turnovers as well. What's going on, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to say that although a couple of them were really atrocious penalties in a mm. week of atrocious penalties, and, and love I love atrocious penalties. I, I wrote on Friday about the quantum universe of the NFL, how you know Heis, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle applies, and what you know what you see affects what is actually happening. <laughs> so what happened did not happen because you saw it. Um, I'm pretty sure Paul Orson's written a short story about NFL. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, and and. Um, it, but it's even though a couple of them were really atrocious calls, the Sneed um, roughing the passer, the the taunting call, you know, just yeah. just ridiculous. But even so, it, the, the Chiefs look like a completely indisciplined team. Yes, they are. Uh, they do. So and, why and is that? Because it's baffling I, when you've got a coach this experienced, a team this successful. Or maybe you'll tell me it, it is because they're that successful. But it, it, you typically attribute lack of discipline to a uh, Freddie Kitchens style team, right? Not yeah. Average. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> well, really? It's it's like Andy's become Freddie Kitchens on the <laughs> sidelines, you know? And yeah. the thing is, they're running out the same package of plays they always do. Um, mm. But teams have figured ways of of coping with it to some extent. You know, you notice that the Giants did a, a an interesting job of, of keeping Hill contained underneath like most mm-hmm. teams are trying to do um, and also messing up Travis Kelsey inside. Although, like I said last week, I, to me, it looks like Kelsey is is playing at about 75 percent banged um, up, banged up or, or something. Um, Let and, me ask you about So Kelsey 
being banged up explains it a little bit for sure. The way that defense or something. I mean, I, yeah, I don't something know, going yeah. on there for sure. Uh, the, and and yeah, you can see just in, in terms of his demeanor that he doesn't seem to be himself. So there are there are clues, but ultimately, Mike, is the Chiefs' offense being reckless with the ball? All these turnovers week on week. Mm-hmm. Is it being reckless because it's struggling, or is it struggling because it's being reckless? With I, the I ball? think it's the first more. I think they're trying too hard to beat. To, to, to revive the magic of, of the Chiefs of the past couple of seasons. And, mm. and, and that's down to, you know, and, and all the psychoanalysis going on. Mahomes' brother is a bad influence. Mahomes' marriage is breaking up. Yeah. And he's Andy's got, you know, he's, has had the run of problems with his kids and, you know, culminating in, in last Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that all of this is, and I thought, I thought, in fact, I wrote, you know, if, if Andy doesn't win this game, and they barely did, which, you know, which is in itself a um, um, a damning a damning statement. Um, you know, it might be that they ought to try taking a, a couple of weeks off. Uh, let the enemy, you know, run right. run the show. Uh, Andy and Spags could go off on vacation together. I don't, <laughs> That's a movie right I, there. Like I, I, don't, I don't know, but, style. Yeah, uh, but they need a, re- like a reboot. And and I know that that's this is not football, you know, analysis that they need a reboot. But but I I think they really do. And and it's someone needs someone needs to say to Mahomes like. You know, we don't we we can we've got to come up with a way of winning without you having to make spectacular plays every every week. You know, mm-hmm. we've got to have what what do you need? Where where do you need the easy stuff to take advantage of? What 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 why aren't we getting anything from Pringle or Robinson? You know, why do we get why do they get one catch a week? Um, you know, and you know, <laughs> I was thinking to myself when Gore was running, they should sign Frank Gore and they could have like an all Gore backfield. I love the sound of that. The you make some great points, Mike, on the the trickiness, the 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 the, the smart flair offense that we love isn't working right now for for the Chiefs. But does it know another way? Does it know another well, way? Well, that's the thing. And like I said, we've seen it all before. You know, here's here's Hill on the jet sweep. There's 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 the uh there's the smoke to um to McCall Hardman. Um you know there there's Hill running and and Hill was you know Hill was good. they're giving it his all they're all you know yeah. there's there's no question about that. Um maybe maybe um Deshaun Jackson now you're clutching so on the point of answer rebooting because i I guess and we've mentioned this point with with spags and the defense in particular i I know we're going to talk about it when we get into the patriots a bit later on but very good coaches in the nfl typically get their teams uh, providing they stay healthy get their teams to improve as the season goes on they they work stuff out they get stronger and stronger as the season goes on so is that the cause for optimism here with the chiefs particularly with this offensive line that is brand new this season that it, a, a unit that is predicated on uh, succeeding often due to rhythm and familiarity is there a sense that okay the first half of the season has been indifferent but we're still here at 500 and we're going to get better as the season goes on no, uh, in 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 a word, because um, I because the problem with the Chiefs and and what we've just spent ten minutes on it, we 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 say the same thing every week, and they, and they exhibit the same thing every week. Uh, the offensive line on on paper is really good, um, and it's too simple for me to say that. The Ravens let Orlando Brown go because they knew they had a better option at left tackle. Mm. And although although Orlando Brown played well at left tackle last year, and if you believe pro football focus, he played incredibly well. But 
you know, but the Ravens tape probably showed them something different. Um, they were willing to let him go for a first round draft pick. And I said at the time, it's a good deal for both teams because yeah. they, they each had a need um, or, or the, the Chiefs had need and the, and the Ravens had an opportunity. Um, Brown might be better off, better suited to be a right tackle, mm. you know, and, and um, although I, I, every time I watch them, he picks up, he seems to pick up a penalty, but Smith, again, the, night, the rookie, right? the rookie guard uh, seems to be really, really good. I don't know if du- Duvernay Tardif is, you know, is just rusty after a year or has lost something, you know, doesn't, yeah. doesn't show them enough, but he's, he's not, uh, he's not playing much. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, I think it, it boils down to that offensive line and it boils mm-hmm. down to the defense too, who, who um, made a couple of plays, but gave away a couple of bad penalties and, and, um, still don't seem to be able to stop the run particularly well, even though yeah. they, they should be able to, you know, um, I wonder how many other players in the NFL are going to take uh, Calvin Ridley kind of weeks off, you know, um, to get their mental health back. Cause, yeah. cause there's, there's a bunch of guys I can name who'd look like they're just not, not fully in, into the game. And my, my comment on Deshaun Jackson was not in jest. Mm. I think he's probably on the trading block right now. Um, I think the Rams would be happy to get rid of his salary, um, you know, given that they've just traded <laughs> yet again for Von Miller. Yeah, so, most of Miller's salary, aren't they? They're nine million. We'll get into the Miller uh, deal. No, in- no, the Broncos are. The Broncos are covering most of Miller's salary because the, the Rams simply are incapable of it. They, oh, they, don't, right. they don't have any cap room. The Broncos have done the deal and they're, they're still picking up God, the, the vast yeah, majority. Yeah, I, I, said, I said yesterday, it was um, on, on Twitter, it, it, it's like the, um, the the scene between Billy Bean and David Justice in, in Moneyball where, where you know Bean's going to Justice to ask him to be more of a leader. And Justice says, you know, you're paying me $10 million a year to be a baseball player. And Billy says, no, we're not paying you $10 million a year. The Yankees are paying you $9 million a year to play against them. How good does that make you? Love it. We'll get to Vaughn in a a minute. One more on Monday Night Football uh, on the Giants. I want to flip the script on them. What's your feeling? uh, Obviously, their season's done. What's your feeling in terms of what they'll do in the offseason? Will they blow it up? Will they move on from from Daniel Jones? Because 2022 is the final year of his contract, Mike, and they're on the hook for circa 8 million for Jones to keep him for one more year. So do you think they, they do that or do you think they look at rebooting ahead of that? Well, it's a bigger question than just Daniel Jones, although he's obviously the central component of it mm. um you might get an idea if anything happens this week i mean the, the next well to the, the trading deadline ends excuse me ends tonight mm-hmm. um but this is the time when you see who's re, who's going to reboot now and if you're dave gettleman you can't really reboot you know you can't really dump now uh, for the message that it sends about your your previous judgments as much as anything else. Um, and Gettleman, because they've got draft picks coming up, is supposed to be very safe in, in his job because he's, he's got. But you've got a bunch of general managers in that same position and coaches. Miami is one, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for example. Do they start dumping guys now? Um, and which is it almost admits that your first reboot was wrong. Right. Um, your, your whole thing with or do you just say, well, we made a mistake with Tua um, and, and everything else flows from that, which I don't think is the case necessarily. Um, and for for the Giants, who who's who wants Evan Ingram? 
you know, that Evan Ingram is the obvious, the obvious guy with the big salary who, who you could get rid of now. And um, with Robert Tanya now, the Packers have a need sort of for a, a tight end who can catch passes. But yeah. but those are the key four words who can catch passes. Um, Evan Ingram, <laughs> Evan Ingram as excited as exciting as he can be, is not a consistent pass catcher. And, you know, and you can just imagine what happens when Aaron Rodgers throws the first ball that that goes off his hands into his face mask and, you know, off his foot and someone intercepts it, and, you know, that, um, so I, I don't know about, about that, you know, Darius Slayton might go, Darius Slayton can be, I think could be a really useful receiver um, in the right you know, setup, I in the right setup. And, and he's been Jones's favorite target, but, mm-hmm. you know, but he's also hurt a lot. And I, I don't know, the more you look at Jones, the more you think again, the same thing you thought, he was better his rookie year than I thought he probably would be, but he hasn't got really much better since then. And, and his flaws have stayed the same. Mm. Um, Eight million is not a lot for a starting quarterback, but the question is after that, you know, what, you, do you do next what happens when you get the, um, you have to do the long-term deal for they big could, money. They could, him, couldn't they? They, could, they could give him another year and then franchise him, I guess. And see, if they, they can do, down. they could do that. Franchising him will cost them a lot more. Obviously sure. it will cost them up to almost 30 million. Yeah, I would guess yeah, at yeah. that. Um, but, but they, um, and they could draft a quarterback. They could keep him for a year and draft yeah. a quarterback, which, yeah. which probably wouldn't be a satisfactory situation for anybody, but, um, but that's, that works. And, uh, but uh, I, I I hate to say it's it's Joe Judge has one seems to have one skill which is to get the team to play hard. Yes. Um, he what we what we've seen has not been really good. But and and you can put a lot of the blame I think on Gettleman because I just think he's kind of misjudged the way you build a team, the sure. personnel around the way you build a team. Um, but. I'm not sure that he it will would be the answer to a long-term rebuilding plan. It's it's a lot like Dan Campbell, although Dan Campbell's worse than Joe Judge, um, you know, in in terms of the, of that. And um, and we're as we said last week, two weeks ago, you know, they knew what Jared Goff was when they got him, and they they've put him in a situation yeah. guaranteed for him not 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 to succeed exactly. yeah I mean, I mean if right yeah if you made a list of like who are the who are the like five quarterbacks in the nfl who could be satisfactory starters in the right conditions and who would be the worst one of those five to put into the Detroit right now. Yeah, yeah. Jared Goff would probably be the, at the top of the leaderboard. Hop in, Jared. Now, listen, I'm Mike. Check this out. American football's coming to Ireland. How about this? Um, Western the, versus Nebraska. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stadium yeah. Dublin. <laughs> yeah. You know the date? I've known that. I've known, it's in August uh, next, it next is summer. Not just any day in August. August the 27th, 2022. You know what August the 27th is, I'm Mike? Your birthday. It is my birthday. I'm Mike. We never have any rehearsals. Can you believe it? I didn't want. I didn't want to get personal on this one. It's the first game in the Air Lingus College Football Series taking place in the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. The Northwestern Wildcats uh, will pack up and head to Ireland, uh, opening the 2022 season against uh, their Big Ten rival Nebraska. It's the first Northwestern Wildcats game to be played outside the United Chicago. <laughs> the whole of the U.S. side, Mike. 48,000 uh, in the Aviva Stadium. They're going to be tailgates before the game as well. Teams, bands are traveling to to perform. Uh, really, really exciting stuff. Now, there is yeah. a 48-hour exclusive pre-sale on Friday the 19th of November. So oh, wow. Pre-sale okay. running, 48 hours. If you head to collegefootballisland.com, collegefootballisland.com sign up now for exclusive access and you won't miss a trick there yeah i mean i was talking about this surprisingly enough last week with the off the ball 
uh, guys uh, in our, yeah. in Ireland. Um, yeah. Because I mean, it, it, this is the first of a new series, but it's not the first college football game that's been played in Dublin. You know, I, I in fact, I was over there uh, one year, not for the college game, but for doing high school games and um, that were taking place around it. I, I was broadcasting a couple of them. And um, no, today, Matt, it, game, right? it, it, it's for me. Didn't Notre Dame had a game. Yeah, Notre Dame. They, they were supposed to be one last year. It was canceled with the COVID. Um, but I mean, it's such a great atmosphere. And, and um, the, you know, you know that the atmosphere of college football is different to NFL football. The, the fan base, if anything, is, is just more enthusiastic. And, and you get all of these people coming over um, on package tours, basically, to support to support their teams and the city just it's it's like you know they love americans <laughs> coming amazing. over in it's dublin yeah. you know and and, ah, and then they throw on the old blarney and all that kind of stuff that the americans Did you eat, have one or two up. guinnesses i might with your uh, i i've had i've had a few although to be on, to be honest the last time i was up there was was a super bowl preview for the off the ball guys where we did a live one with jerry gilroy and it was a lot of fun and uh, on the way back since i had not drunk enough i stopped in a pub um just around the corner from my hotel and, and discovered a new irish whiskey and um <laughs> became best friends with the publican as you do <laughs> uh, so he has like rooms I, I can recommend rooms in his pub <laughs> if anyone needs them okay. and and um you know and then you take the taxi and to back to the airport and you become best friends with the taxi driver you know and, and you find out everything that's going on and he offers you tickets to the game if you don't have any <laughs> It's fantastic. Love it. Love it. Brilliant stuff. Uh, that's the 27th of August, 2022, uh, collegefootballisland.com. Sign up now for exclusive access. Right. Let's get into the Von Miller deal. So uh, as you've uh, as you pointed out, Mike, uh, Denver on the hook for most of that $9 million salary. 9.7 is what he's owed this year. So almost all of it is uh, being picked up by the Broncos. Yeah. A second and third round pick heading to LA in exchange for Miller. He had a strong start to the season, right? Four sacks in the Broncos first three games, the Broncos have struggled pretty much since then. And he has been far less prolific. Yeah. We know he's one of the great players in the league. What's he going to add specifically to this Rams defense, Mike? It, it's probably a great, a great short-term move for the Rams and, and short-term being the operative. Um, he was really good in those first three games because they played three lousy teams. That That's, that's the kicker in the, in the, in the equation. They played better teams since then. And, and, and he was, he and the whole team have been less effective, right. but, but he still has pass rushing skills, which is what he, what he's there for. Um, and when you have Aaron Donald in the middle of your line, if you can't get pass rush from the outside, something's going wrong. And they've got guys that they've brought along. The Rams have actually done, you know, we, we laugh about them issuing the draft <laughs> since first round picks or, you know, are <laughs> crypt, kryptonite to less need. Um, <laughs> But they've done a good job of picking up guys, undrafted guys, lower round drives, even some free agents who they've turned into good defensive players. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I I thought at first it was Wade and maybe it was Brandon Staley, but obviously there's there's something more going going on there. Um, so um, but Miller Miller brings you that pass rush presence that a defensive coordinator has to account for at least, you know, mm. can his tackle block him one on one? You know, do you have to give him some help? Now, the answer to that question is not the answer it would have been two years ago or three years ago before right. he got hurt. But but still, he's about the price. The price is probably about fair because there, you, if you're not going to give away a guy like Von Miller, who's crucial to your team 
for for a sixth round pick like right. you know like the Patriots got for Stephon Gilmore or whatever. He's been with the a second and a third next year is probably about where that line is to you can say look we got two second day picks uh to produce people you know chubb is already is obviously the key pass rusher on the team he benefits from having miller there and he will lose some of his effectiveness because miller won't be won't be there but but you know no one's going to be what sort of 60 and 85 90 right or whatever that the match yeah because the rams are going to finish it um high up i think you i think what this whole thing says is that you basically have to question John Elway more than anything else and, and and look back at what he's done with the Broncos. Now, you know, his big success came with a defense that was there and they got a creaky Peyton Manning who who gave them uh, two good seasons and one not so good, but they got this the Super Bowl win and the not so good one. Good, you know? yeah. And but you know, but so fair enough. But otherwise, he's been unable to judge quarterbacks. He mm. there are, um, much as I love Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator, I'm not convinced of of his um, head coaching nous. Um, Do you think he's done Fangio the way? Probably. Yeah. My my guess is probably. Um, I mean that Washington game. I, I picked them to win. Um, it made sense to me that they would win, but it was it was almost the kind of game I expected it would be. Mm. Um, and remember Kyle Lalletta's the quarterback on the other side, and um, he's another guy I like, but you know, but he's a backup. Um, yeah. realist, realistically speaking, and um, so I think. You know, I, I I think that they they were out of place in a week where the big stories were backup quarterbacks, obviously, and really good coaching jobs. Well, we saw we saw some of the great coaches step to the fore this week and win games for their teams that that not so great co- coaches would not have been able to win. Let's talk about the backup quarterbacks then. Let's talk about Mike. I got to lead off with Mike. Quay. I'm a white Mike. I'm a white Mike man. <laughs> so he is, he is. I'm a. I, I'm a talked about. I went back and tried to find a columns that I because mm. I can't remember at this stage whether it was in columns or whether it was on our show. You know that that I talked about Mike White, but Mike White was like my QB four that year. You've or, definitely you've definitely talked up Mike White to me before. And because yeah. well, his problem was his senior year at Western Kentucky was not that great. But his junior year was fantastic. Lights out. When Jeff Brome was the coach there. Um, and he had come, he had been at um, Central Florida. Central Florida, I think he is. Um, and Willie Taggart was the coach. But Willie Taggart wanted to run one of those run-pass option kind of offenses. And, and Mike White's a pocket passer, Didn't obviously. Yeah, right? You've seen that. But he went to, to Jeff Brome and he had just a fantastic, they had a great season. That was 2016, I think. And um, I just thought this this guy's got real potential. Got a, and then yeah, then yeah. he got buried, you know. This, this um, is the thing. And, you know, I wrote about the him and, and backup quarterbacks more broadly for the Times this week. And it, it, it's a fascinating part of of the nfl for me and so much we talk about it so often situation is everything and uh white i was looking at the numbers mike when he came so the cowboys a late round pick by the cowboys in 18 uh his signing bonus was roughly one percent of the signing bonuses bonus that zach wilson's <laughs> got <this year. laughs> yeah one percent he bounced around didn't work out at the cowboys won the backup job in camp this summer James Morgan was a highly touted pick, relatively speaking. Well, uh, Morgan's another guy I kind of liked. Yeah. Um, as well, but he's he's a bit more mechanical, and and he you didn't know, get the nod. Um, so he was. He's back. still in the league. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I think he's in on Carolina. I think he went to Carolina. Yeah. Josh Johnson, the the vet, and, and again a different type of backup quarterback, a perennial backup essentially. So he's had th- 13 different teams. Josh Johnson <laughs> in the NFL, and that's not include like the XFL teams, everything else. So. Um, 
let's talk about White's performance and and the quite mischievous comments from Robert Sala when he was asked, uh, you know, can he get the gig long term? And he said, well, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> of course, everybody is uh, loving the Mike White story, but it's presumably a cameo, isn't it? Mike, I don't get this. Yeah. Name. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, I mean, I'm saying I was on Mike White, but I'm not going overboard about it. You right. know, when you, if you break down the game, there were one or he had one or two big passes, you know, mm-hmm. that he hit, but basically they, he, sure, he, sure. he was, he was running a short pass kind yeah. of safe, safety first kind of offense, which People say, oh, okay, but that's not as easy as it sounds. There's a lot of young quarterbacks who can't do that effectively, you know, as we've seen. You know, I mean, you could probably put his game plan and Mac Jones's passing game plan in the same kind of category. And that's a positive because Mac Jones is a first round pick who's starting as a rookie, you know, and and so um, for Mike White, it's the same thing. So their money is behind Zach Wilson. Their reputations are behind Zach Wilson. The it's unlikely Mike White is going to remain the starter once Zach Wilson comes back, unless he somehow plays lights out, you know, in each game until Wilson comes back and and he becomes Tom Brady and Zach Wilson becomes Drew Bledsoe, if Drew Bledsoe couldn't complete a pass. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, that's unfair to Zach Wilson, but it, but it's funny. It's funny how it's funny how Wilson um, absorbed the team, absorbed the atmosphere of the team. He, he jets, he jets better than Mike White did. Mike, Mike White sort of brought a different atmosphere with him. He, he yeah, just yeah, didn't yeah. accept that. Oh, we're the jets. We can't do this right. We can't do this right. No, we're the jets. We're going to, we're going to yeah. play well. And, and credit to Robert Salah. They, you know, the defense played, their defense played well. Oh, the they, defense you know, be playing well in, in, yeah, in a they outplayed, they outplayed them. They, I mean, the Bengals can argue that there was that horrible helmet to helmet call that cost them getting the ball back, you know, with, like a minute 40 and a chance to tie or, or win. Um, and it was a horrible call. Um, uh, yeah. They did I was just, that's reminding me of something. I want to jump across the total tangent, Mike, but you've reminded me in case we don't get to it later on, I'm really keen to get your perspective on the hit on Boswell that wasn't flagged when the, I couldn't understand that. It, it made no sense to me at all. It, it, I mean, a, he's a passer, so it should have been roughing the passer, roughing the passer. and B it was helmet to helmet. Yeah. So it should have been a flag anyway. At, at the very least, it should have been unnecessary roughness. Right. Yeah. So I get the, this semantics of, well, he was not the quarterback. So roughing the passer, he's not the passer. It's, no, he's a passer. He, is. he, he was, was a passer. Back in that situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's because it, 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 it Irrespective, it was a fake field goal. You put anybody in that slot lining up as quarterback, they are for that play the quarterback, right? So therefore, they're the passer, roughing the passer. But I, I, I get the semantics and why I've heard so many talking heads in the last 24 hours say, well, he's not the quarterback and it's about protecting the quarterback. It's unnecessary. It's a late hit. Like, how yeah. is it not flagged for that? If yeah, no, that, you're absolutely right. Um, and I know, I know. Yeah. He's not. He's a kicker, right? And so you, you you can you could say it's like if it's like if you throw a pitch to a halfback who then stops to to throw an option pass. Yes. You know, is he a is he now protected as a passer or or is he a runner first? Because you say, well, if a right. quarterback breaks the you know breaks the pocket, he's still protected. Now, right. uh, okay, but as you say, it's all immaterial because even if he's not even if he's not a quarterback, even if you even if he's not protected, he's protected like any other player is protected. So let's um, uh, and 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 that. yeah, and Mike Tomlin was beating himself up about it afterwards, saying it was a bad call and stuff like that. But I, I don't, I don't agree. You know, it's 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 worth it. It was worth a try. You don't expect a player to get injured by foul play. Um, 
you know, uh, in any in any situation, and and, and also the, the execution of the play, I was I felt for Boswell. It was you awful. Just, you could just you could see as as it was playing out, you could just see feel the panic emanating. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, what do I do now? Nothing was on at all. That's that's the closest. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that was the one thing he should have been coached. Look, if it's not there, just throw the ball away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or punt it. <laughs> drop kick. Yeah. Would you've got three points for a drop kick? Yeah, uh, he, oh. he could have, but not, I don't know yeah. anyone who can drop kick on the run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe Boswell can. Maybe he's better at that than he is uh, passing. Bless him. The uh, so uh, Mike White, big story, of course, and go Jets. Just a quick line on the Bengals there, of course, because they were they were eleven points up in the fourth quarter, Mike. And this is a team. Just to put this in context, thanks to uh, NFL. Uh, research uh, their Jets 0-38 over the past five seasons when trailing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so how much do we just put this down to lightning in a bottle, the Mike White fairy tale? How much should the Bengals be concerned in the way that their defense capitulated? I think they need to be concerned a bit. Um, I think they need to be concerned that their offense didn't protect Joe Burrow better either. Right. Um, and that, that to me was, um, that to me was really the, the crucial thing. Burrow did not look good um through the game and he, you know he was always he was always on the run he was he was making bad decisions i think as a result yeah they couldn't really get joe mixon going um at all uh which which they should have been able to do i'm just looking to see if i if i happened to note down his um no i didn't note down his um his running but you know but they they only had just over 300 yards of offense and the jets yeah. had 500 so yeah you, you know defensively you're 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 doing something very, very wrong uh, because the Jets um, are not loaded with offensive playmakers. You need to really worry about, you know, um, right. it's not it's not a team with with. Oh, anyone can throw them the ball and, and make things happen, you know, as we've seen for the first the first uh, seven weeks of the season. Here's a narrative that we hear when teams like the Bengals lose surprisingly to teams like the Jets. Well, they were complacent. They had one eye on next week and they thought this was going to... Do you buy into that at all, Mike? NFL players, it's just not possible, is it? You, 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 you shouldn't. It? Yeah, you would think that you wouldn't, but you do. Um, and yeah, there's that sense that we've just had the biggest win the, in what, five years? Um, you know, we're, 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 now, right. we're now sitting on top of the division. The Jets right. are awful. You know, we yeah. look at the tape and we see that they're awful. Um, we, we've got we're going to be able to win this one. And and maybe you're not fired up the way you should be. Um, I think there's an element of truth in that. It's why trap games exist. You know, it, it's teams get caught looking ahead. Um, it happens all the time and it's a convenient excuse, I think. But I, I think there is an element of truth in it. Uh, OK, let's talk. Uh, uh, well, two other backups stepped up. Three, I guess, if you, if you factor in Gino as well in Seattle, he should get a nod too. But let's start yeah. with the Dallas and Cooper Rush coming in and getting it done on, on prime time. I love there was a lot of stuff flying around on social. Mina Kimes, one of our favorites, of course, said that uh, Cooper Rush looked like the guy that would play Andy Dalton in a movie <laughs> when, when, he, when he popped up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a good, that, that's a good one. Um, and Carson, Carson Wentz looks like the guy who would play Prince Harry in a movie. <laughs> like Prince Harry goes to North Dakota for Sturgis, Sturgis Motorcycle Week. Um, <laughs> like it'd be a Hallmark movie. Right? South Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Cooper Rush, Dak expected to play against the Broncos on Sunday. Uh, we're recording this Thursday. He's expected to practice today. So it, Cooper could be one and done, but nevertheless, you know, a solid workmanlike uh, and effective performance from, from Cooper Rush. So if we think that Mike White 
not going to get the gig long-term realistically in, in New York unless something extraordinary happens, but might do a Teddy and parlay himself into a starting gig elsewhere. Can, can it's, it's a bit early. Rush did, Rush did what you would want a backup quarterback to do, basically. Mm. Um, you don't, you, you let the team win the game. I think the, I think the Dallas defense played much better than expected um, mm. or, or Minnesota's offense played much worse, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm. Um, but you, you don't, you, you, you keep your team in a position to win the game. You don't make big mistakes. You, you take what's there. Um, they have good receivers and, and he took advantage of that. Um, and that was obviously Mari Cooper had a, had a good game. Um, and that seemed to be who he was looking for the most, but they went to their tight ends when a couple of times and they ran the ball. How um, crazy was the deflected catch, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> it was a crazy week. And that was probably as crazy. Uh, you know, Hey, why not? <laughs> Just, um, but I don't understand why everyone isn't calling him color rush, you know, because especially when, when he was playing on prime time, they ought to come up with Cooper rush, color rush what uniforms. Um, so, but this, this tells you more than anything. This tells you that the Cowboys actually are probably a team now, you know, that are real um, as opposed to a flashy hoods. And um, it, I, I didn't want to believe it because when you see Jerry Jones, like congratulating Cooper Rush and telling everyone how good he played and stuff like that. You just think, oh, right in front of the camera. Of course he was. I know this is the problem. The part of me wants the Cowboys to succeed because that's such yeah. a big part of my but, but you know, childhood, you know, love of the game. But then, Mike White got all the attention. But yeah, but what Rush did was was exactly what you want a backup quarterback to do. Okay, what about because you talk about that and let's look at Geno in Seattle. I guess you could apply this to Tyrod in Miami. Vets that work well in a system. So if you can't find that player if you, on the market, and obviously the salary cap um, prohibits he's spending a lot of money typically on a backup. I mean, I was looking into the numbers here and Case Keenan, for example, is amongst the highest paid backups. He's $6 million this season. So put that in, in, into context, yeah. right? So you, you're not going to spend a lot of money. So you get lucky, I guess, fortuitous if you can find a guy that's solid, preferably with some starting experience that fits your system pretty well. If you can't find that guy, what are your options? What should your backup strategy be, Mike, as a GM? Well, you, you um, what a lot of teams do is you bring in guys every year. You, you know, you, you take a second day or third day draft pick and use it on a guy. You, you pick up a free agent around and, and then you just see what, what the fit is like. I mean, Garrett Gilbert, was he with mm. Dallas at the beginning of last year? He's on the Patriots practice squad, I think, this year. You know, yeah. you just... For emergencies, um, you know, you see, you see how guys guys work out. Rush, Rush was that was the, exactly that kind of a guy, you know. And 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 what you want, what you want from a backup is not necessarily a guy who's going to be as good as a starter, or might not even be a guy who you would develop or think of as a starter, but a guy who can play, who is heady, you know, it, it, intelligence and and the ability to read the game and that kind of stuff is more important in that role than the big arm, you know, and the ability to throw the pass that might come in, you know, um, nobody really uses a guy to come in and, and like get one big score, except right. the, except the saints maybe. Yeah. Um, sure. Or and, Miami with Fitz last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Kyle Lawletta is a guy like that, you know, might be when he was coming, when he came out, you know, might be a starter, but he's short. 
He doesn't have the really strong arm, but he's a heady quarterback. He seems to know, you know, he seems to understand the game, know what he's mm. doing. And, you know, the guys like that are available. Uh, and if you give them some time, the biggest problem in the NFL is that your backup quarterback primarily runs the scout team and doesn't get all that much time to work within your system once mm. the once preseason's over. And with some teams, even during preseason, he doesn't get you know, that much time. So, um, and it's awfully hard to judge quarterbacks on preseason results in games because, you know, everyone knows you're playing against defenses that aren't giving anything away. Uh, you're playing with that. With, Nate Peterman would be a starter of the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and in fairness, remember, Gino was playing against Jacksonville this week. Um, who are off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll take. <laughs> take. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it was so Jacksonville to kill. To, what were they? What were they down at, the, at that point? Um, 34 points, 34 points to go onside and give up a touchdown. <laughs> it, it was what was right, this will make you laugh. This will make you laugh on edge rush. My long shot double of the week was Detroit and Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, Detroit was my best bet of the week uh, in, in my in my column. I got hammered this week it, oh, yeah. it, it was really bad and and i i confess i made that mistake detroit detroit had a good game mm-hmm. playing on heart against a good team and it was mm-hmm. okay and it's the, it's the turning point of the season yeah. no it yeah, ain't yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what you were saying what you were saying about the bounce back thing for them that was like cincinnati's win in baltimore mm. um they didn't win but they they played respectably yeah. in, in la they came well, back the to detroit detroit and, this year yeah and reverted <laughs> reverted back to good form time. let's talk uh, uh let's talk pat's bike um because I yeah. want to find out if they're the real deal. Because first things first, is there anyone that you know? I mean, could be someone particularly close to you right now. Someone, you know, up close to post right now that's been saying all season long that this is a playoff team, right? I've been maybe desperately at times clutching onto that preseason prediction. But for the reasons that uh, we, we touched upon a little bit earlier on, I guess that great coaches can enhance their team if they've got enough amongst the the personnel to do that as the season goes on. And in particular, Mike, for me, this retro style Patriots offense has a starting to find a real sense of identity now. It knows what it is. And that's fine when you've got this defense and and Belichick. That, to me, feels like a recipe for a, a playoff side. Am I wrong? Am I am I wildly misjudged judging this? It, it- not wildly, no, because because I think that they're the reality is that they're probably a nine a nine win team, maybe a ten win team, right? Um, depending on, but this was not this was a great game, the, a great game plan by Belichick, well executed by the defense. It was a really fine defensive performance. Mm-hmm. Um, that late touchdown was really the ma- the only major. Um, mistake, and that was basically because Jalen Mills is five foot one and can't, you know, can't jump up with Josh Palmer, who's six three or something like that. Um, and you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have Stefan Gilmore, and he doesn't have um, Jones, Jonathan Jones, in the in the defensive backfields. So that's two of his three starting corners aren't there. And they still executed what what was not a complicated game plan in in most ways. You know, you you don't let Mike Williams beat you deep. Uh, that's step one. You you make it life difficult for Keenan Allen in the middle middle range, especially across the middle of the field um, on medium distance passes. That's step two. And if if you can't completely control Austin Eckler, you just say you're not going to be Austin Eckler is not going to beat us. Mm. Um, and that's step three. And Eckler had a couple of good runs. You know, he had a couple of big plays, but not not enough to to win the game. So the Ben and, don't break on that. So on, yeah, and and they played really well up front. 
up front because um, a lot has been talked in NFL research spewed this one out that Justin Herbert's two worst career performances in terms of passer rating and completion percentage have come against the Patriots. New England, right? yeah. yeah. Last, last year, New England killed them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with, with basically this a team no better than this year's team. Um, so this is, you've explained how they they put him off his stride, but this is, again, is it, we hear it more and more, and particularly this group of successful young quarterbacks in the NFL that Belichick up against Burrow, up against Justin Herbert, up against quarterbacks that are effective against many other teams, maybe teams that have more talent than the Patriots, come a cropper against Belichick. Remember, remember Herbert's last game was was in Baltimore, and Baltimore mm. held him in check completely um, as mm. well. Now, different way. They they used the, the kind of confusion. Uh, they were mostly, you know, lining eight guys up on the line of scrimmage and, and mixing up each time who was rushing, who was covering, trying to make life difficult for him that way. And Baltimore has a great secondary that, you know, that makes the, the Williams and Allen problem a little bit more handle, mm. handleable, um, more, e- <laughs> more easily handled. Um, but I mean, the, the, the real key to the Patriots win um, was the running game, as you said, mm. because San Diego, San Diego. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> that. That is old school retro. Yeah, I mean, if San Diego was in San Diego, then the, there wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have heard more noise from the Patriots fans, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully than, than you did from the Chargers fans in that game, which but was That's being, a fair point. The Chargers, I think Simmons and Cousin Sal were talking about this. It's like they're playing on the road every week. Yeah. The Chargers. I mean, it's got yeah. some factor. I mean, no one in LA cares about the Chargers. I mean, mm. literally. It's like their their fans are having to drive up from San Diego to 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 see them play. They might as well call them the San Diego Chargers. You know, like the what are they called? The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or something like that. They could call them the San Diego Chargers sure. of Los Angeles. I think it's just not getting the California biker gangs involved, like Sons of Anarchy to get behind them. Yeah, they could all leave the Raiders behind. I mean, the Raiders and the Ravens were the best team this this, this week because they had the bye week and yeah. they're five they're five and two and they're now like that's atop the AFC. Um, but but going back, if the Patriots had been more efficient in the red zone and if um, Har- uh, if Harris hadn't had uh, two big runs called back on holding penalties. And I hate the way to- Tobert looks so smug and satisfied when he calls touchdowns back. It's like this is what this is what I live for. Um, but but, um, you know, the. They were they were what one for four in the red zone, two for four, something like that. Um, you know, if they if they were if they were a proper offensive team, that game would have been a, a runaway, like mm-hmm. like the Ravens game had. And mm-hmm. Mac Jones did not have a great game. No, he didn't missing. Um, he missed a lot. lot. He missed a lot of, of throws that he should that he mm-hmm. should have made. Um, and Bill did the uh, doghouse thing with with Kendrick Bourne. Um, you know, each <laughs> yeah. time each time a player fumbles, he then goes straight to the bench. And hopefully Bourne comes back next week, but he didn't go, come back know. into the game, you know, yeah. um, and, and for a big, um, but my, it, it was a great coaching job and, you know, on par with, um, with Sean Payton's for, for mm-hmm. new Orleans against Tampa. Yeah. I mean, Payton, incredible uh, job he is doing this season against the odds and even harder now, of course, with, with James Winston out for the season, it's a torn ACL. Apparently he's got MCL damage as well. Devin white was the player that, uh, tackled him and, and sent him out and, and white was uh, understandably uh, quite visibly upset with what, what had happened. Of course, former teammates and uh, yeah. it, we never liked to see this happen, particularly for a player like Winston who sat for a year under, under Drew Brees took that minimal re- relatively speaking 
deal to do that and won the job fair and square and wasn't exactly lighting things up, but was progressing as a player and really sad to see that for, for Jameis. So the question, obviously, and I know you're a Trevor Simeon fan, Iron Mike. A passing primate. Are they better off with the passing primate or with Taysom Hill who's coming back? Um, I, I suspect that, I suspect that um, Peyton's going to use both of them. Uh, because I think what he saw from Simeon, remember Simeon's been a starter in the league. Right. Um, you know, he came in as as a, a touted draft pick starter by Denver by John yeah. uh, Elway. That's not necessarily a great thing based on what no, we were about the earlier. master the master <laughs> judge of quarterbacks. But he had he was um, effective early on, wasn't he? Was I, I did a lot of his games in college when I was doing Big Ten football for Eurosport, yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, like Eurosport in the UK or Eurosport in uh, <laughs> in Euro. Euro, Euro yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the and. Um, um, he was pretty good. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have put him. I, I, I would actually think of him and Kirk Cousins kind of in the same in the same breath. Um, Cousins was had a better team and uh, w- was a bit sturdier, sort of. But but Simmons, and so I think I think they can use they can continue to use Taysom Hill as a change up a change up guy. Although Peyton may because what Hill doesn't offer you is that ability to hit the short passes, get rid of the ball quickly. Hill Hill takes a lot of sacks. People kind of ignore that, but you know, I think last year he had 10 sacks and 50 drop up dropbacks or something. Um, you know, because he doesn't necessarily see things as well as as a lot of quarterbacks do. Why that improve when he with more reps, right? That maybe, be- maybe, but you, you know, what he's got is a bigger arm. He, he can throw the ball, and of course, the running ability is 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 a real plus for, uh, for them. But their defense won the game, and I took Tampa reluctantly in this one because you know you go back to last year, and New Orleans won both the um, both the regular season yeah. games, and Dennis Allen does does a good job against Brady. Um, and yeah, what is it? Why do they have so much success against Brady? That's that's what I've been trying to figure out. I mean, I, I could see the last interception. You you've got the it's almost like a robber coverage with the with the cornerback coming over where Brady doesn't expect him to be. Kind of like that interception by was it Poole in the Super Bowl um, that he ran back for the for the touchdown and and the near interception that Edelman saved with that great play. Both times Brady didn't see the extra defender um, com- in. C- coming in. It's sort of it was sort of like that, but it was also up front stopping. The interesting thing was New Orleans was not supposed to be able to run the ball against. Tampa's defense and, and actually they didn't run it that well, mm. but Peyton stuck with the run. And I think I said on, I think it was on your show. Um, the way, the way that they will beat them, um, what New Orleans will, it, it's the same thing they did the week before. It was Alvin Kamara running, Alvin Kamara running, screen past Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara running, screen past <laughs> Alvin Kamara, Alvin sure. Kamara running, swing past Alvin Kamara, tunnel screen to Kamara, wide screen to Kamara, uh, draw play to Kamara, you know, and, and that's right. basically what, what they did, only they had Mark Ingram there as well to take some of the load off. And yeah. even though you're only gaining, say, three, I think they wound up averaging three something a, a carry you're controlling the time and mm-hmm. and and clock control was so important england had you know 35 and a half minutes of of uh clock um pittsburgh had 32 minutes i think uh, and um i'm looking i'm trying to find the new orleans had 33 20. so that mm-hmm. keeps the other team's offense off the field which is always the best defense against 
a Tom Brady or a quarterback like that. You you want to um you want to keep the ball. Shots. Yeah, and Brady obviously Gronk went down. Um, you know Antonio Brown's not there, but God, they've still got weapons. You know you can't you can't really blame it on that. Um, I think New Orleans played you know just a good controlled football game, and their defense their defense stepped up. Tampa Bay rolling to a bye week and uh, we all know how things went last season after a bye week so uh, let's not get too carried away with that defeat but nevertheless interesting that uh, the Saints despite the Jameis injury got to take seriously I think uh, final one in terms of taking teams seriously how big an impact is the loss of Derek Henry going to be because the Titans I think were enigmatic with him they at times are they the best team of football at times what the hell are we watching but he is demonstrably the best running back in the game. Almost a thousand yards this season already. Ten touchdowns. They brought Adrian Peterson in as a replacement. Um, I, yeah, I saw that. That's an um, interesting maneuver. But that's interesting. Yeah, is there clearly they're going to be significantly diminished? But is there any cause for optimism, Mike, that the Titans can still, at the very least, contend? if they get into the playoffs and make things difficult or does Henry going out mean stick a fork in and they're done? Look, if Mike White's playing for Indianapolis, Indianapolis wins that game. Indianapolis did a good job of, of keeping Henry under control. Yeah. Um, They had one bad break, which the Titans capitalized on, on the next play with a uh, pass to AJ Brown um, for, for the score. Yeah. The difference when Henry's out is that you can double AJ Brown regularly. Um, right. And because, but you can't really when Henry's in the game because you you've really got to allocate an extra guy in the down down to the box. Even even the Colt even the Colts have to do that. And the Colts rely on speed rather than power in terms of defense. But the way they were rallying to Henry, you know, they they read the runs very quickly. Um, they didn't get burned too often by the by the play action. The play action becomes less effective, obviously, when when Henry's not there because that guy gets out of the box. Now, um, no one's going to worry about Henry's substitute runners. You know, even if AP was, you know, the AP of two years ago or three years ago, you you're not going to allocate an extra player just to stop him. You're yeah. he's an he's an he's another running back, basically a good one, um, obviously a, a Hall of Famer, but. Um, you know, the only thing that could hurt him going in the Hall of Fame is if he hangs around too long um, and people start to think of his punch you know, drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if they had lost this game to the Colts and then lost Henry, I think people would would be the herd would be mooing that, you know, that, that the Titans were finished for the mm. season. Right now, they've got a great lead in their division. Um, they've got the tiebreaker over the Colts. Mm. So, you know, they're going to have to lose a lot of games to get out of that position. And the culture are going to have to win some. Um, and, you know, Wentz did his best to turn that game around. <laughs> oh, gosh. And everyone was going like, Oh my God, you know, we're, have you ever seen anything like this? Said, yeah. I saw it last week when Wentz handed a guy an interception on a one, on a one <laughs> foot pass that he never, that he never should have thrown. I mean, you know, don't act like this is a shock, um, but you know, it, we're, it's puppy dog journalism, you know, the herd, it's like a herd of a pack of puppy dogs, not a, not a herd of, I, I, used to, I, I always call it the before. word, the word from the herd. Yeah. They did yeah. just, you know, after the week's over, they hit the yeah. delete button on their computers. <laughs> the and, and, um, 
well, luckily, that, that, Iron Mike, luckily we've got you to uh, keep yeah. all of that lot in check. And, and the one thing we haven't mentioned, I just want to get it in quickly because you talked about Daniel, Daniel Jones, and I should have mentioned that, that then. What they are in is the perennial Washington team football um, Kirk Cousins situation. Yes. And the Baker Mayfield situation. And they should look at those two alternatives when they decide what they're going to do with Daniel, Daniel Jones, because you have to make you have to make a decision. That's that's the first thing. You can't kind of get on your surfboard and ride it out to, to the beach. Yeah. Um, it's it's just not going to work. And Cleveland's in a real bind now because you mentioned Case Keenum. And I think they probably realize that their offense with Case Keenum is probably not that much different. 30 <laughs> percent worse than it would be. Right, I mean, right. Mayfield, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not downplaying. Mayfield because he, he's obviously tough. He's, he plays well, but he's got certain limitations yeah. um, as a quarterback. And, and the system is not helping him any because, you know, OBJ, if, if they could unload OBJ or Deshaun, you know, if I if I were the Chiefs, I'd actually consider OBJ. Yeah, Beckham, that's a great show. Um, but I would yeah. consider Deshaun Jackson even more. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I wasn't joking when I said that. The Rams, Anna. the Rams would would like to get rid of him. Um, but yeah, either of those guys would probably be something the Chiefs could take a fling at. Um, but Jackson's deep ability would be more more useful for them. OBJ's I, non-ability doesn't really help. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it doesn't bode well for the. I think I picked hey, him as my comeback player of the yeah, year. So remember, that's remember, well. remember when he was the greatest receiver of all time? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could still get it back on Mike. He could still get it back. I hope hey, he does. Uh, now we are going to get out of dodge. Uh, the trade deadline today, because we're recording this as we mentioned at the top of the show on Tuesday. Well, you maybe listen to it on Tuesday, so you get the drift. We will uh, update you uh, later on in the week on the deals that went down, and of course, how I might back next Monday. So we'll get his. <laughs> perspective on the last minute wheeling and dealing head to patreon.com forward slash mike carlson fmte get involved with that for carlson stylings the deep dives all the good stuff over there are oh, styling sure. and profiling hey we've got a new theme <laughs> tune for college days you should check it out mike you, you'll approve all right really you will approve. Okay. that's all i'm gonna say i'm gonna leave it right there <laughs> definitely get the carlson not 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 the boss's glory days huh? <laughs> oh that would that's on my shortlist that is on my shortlist <laughs> but it's another goodie it's a goodie it's slightly older than that but uh, nevertheless a goodie mike great to see you bud look after yourself hey, thank you and yeah happy birthday oh no that was august <laughs> that's august <laughs> <laughs> brilliant stuff from iron mike he'll be back in his regular review slot next monday you can count on it and you can count on us being back as well college days dropping later on this week ben's back in the house he's also joining me for our week nine preview so lots of pod coming your way this week and if you haven't already check back into the vault some fantastic episodes great guests already this season the shane vereen show in particular, was a goodie. That dropped last week. He had some really interesting views on the Patriots and plenty more besides. So go and check that out. Uh, available at all good podcatchers. If you haven't already, well, you know you know the drill. Subscribe to us and you won't miss an episode. It's that simple. Big shout out to Andy and the crew on social at the NC Show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Still no TikTok. We're working on it. We'll see you for College Days, gang. Bye for now. Follow Baseball Nuts. Join us on the Johnny and Josh show with my baseball brothers where JC will endeavor to offer some insightful analysis and my friend Eric Jansen will offer quirky baseball trivia. But we also have David Langell who will combine a high level of inappropriateness with a low level of analysis. The Johnny and Josh show available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts.
Social Podcast Network.